podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Blue Room. It is a unplanned special edition of the Blue Room. Unfortunately, it's not for a new signing or anything like that. Farhad Mashiri has written another letter, his third one, probably in the space of about six months now. It feels like Dave Downey joins me as well, and we're going to get stuck into it. I'm going to quickly read it out, though, for those of you who haven't actually read the letter. So forgive me just a second. If you have, I could probably skip through the next minute or so. But Farhad Mashiri said, As the majority shareholder and proud custodian of Everton, I have the utmost respect for the support of Evertonians. I am also fully aware and understand the concerns that the fans may have. I hope through my two open letters to fans in the last 12 months, I provide a clarity on my position, commitment, and the direction of the club. I trust that you also agree that the club operates a well-structured and ongoing dialogue with not only the forum, but all the fan advisory board, the supporters club committees, and many other fan groups that form the most robust fan communication network of any club in the league. Uh, in seven years since my arrival at the club, I have significantly increased my investment and our new stadium has become a reality. We regularly review our performance and initiate a change where we feel that the club falls short of standard. This has meant we have seen turnover in managers, directors of football and several board members, but always as we have striven to achieve success. Uh, whilst in virtually every instance, change has been supported and encouraged by the fans, stability must be key to progression. I have faith in the work being done not only by our manager, but our director of football and our board of directors. Uh, that faith is based on my knowledge of the depth and quality of work being done at Finch Farm and the Royal Liver Building and of the plan that is in place. I'm confident we have the skilled experience to focus professionals at all levels of the club. We are all agreed that our current league position must and will improve. Uh, and finally, I welcome plans for the Fan Advisory Board to host a series of sessions with fans to gather feedback, thoughts and concerns of which the forum is a part. I can confirm representatives from the club's board will engage with the FAB and meet with its designated representative to discuss the collated fan feedback as soon as possible following the completion of those scheduled sessions. The focus of myself, the club and the fans is aligned at Better Everton. I am confident we can move forward in a constructive and positive manner. Best wishes, Farhad. Um, Dave, that has not gone down well, it'll be fair to say, <laughs> on, on social media. A uh, bit out of breath reading that. I've not read anything like that. Uh, for, for quite a long time. But yeah, like I said, it, it, it's not gone down well. Of, of course, there have been some calls for communication from elsewhere. Um, I've seen, as many people have said, uh, maybe it would have been better if he just didn't say anything when you look at what he's written down there. What what made me smile the most about what you've just read there so eloquently, Matt, was that you said, best wishes, Farhad, like he's all <laughs> our best mates. Do you know, like we go down the pub and see him and you just say, all right, lads, it's Farhad. You know what it's I mean? Like, it's like it's well, maybe quite fittingly. It's like what you write in like yeah. a, a grief card, isn't it? Like a sympathy card to someone. Because um, well, the club <clears throat> does feel like it's tiring us low death. But I mean, I've seen your tweets, Dave, and you're you're not very happy with what's been written down there, doesn't it? Because you know, being brutally honest, it just feels like more of the same, doesn't it? It's totally embarrassing, really, and I think. Obviously, I mean, I don't know if I've been arguing with people already in the last half an hour since it came out. Do you think he's written that himself? Sorry, yes, I am there. Just couldn't find the mute button. Um, I, I, <laughs> I imagine he would have had some consultation from various people about it. And there'll be, well, I mean, you could have predicted pretty much all of that before it was 
it, it came out. You know, obviously we, we sort of heard there was an open letter that was going to be doing the rounds. Mm. And I sort of said in, you know, said said to to some other people that it's going to be, I'm committed to the club. I support the board. We need to stick together. Um, hopefully things will improve. And, that, and that's kind of what it is, isn't it? And I feel like we've had two of those open letters already. Mm. I, I think first and foremost that it's embarrassing and it's an insult um, to all of us as football fans because um, that, that fantastic podcast, and I implore anybody to go and listen to it, that fantastic podcast you did with Warren and Paddy um, last night perfectly describes the situation in that you, you, you've got a fan base now that is more that isn't anywhere near as as um, toxic as it used to be, and I mean that in the way of there are so many people who are all together, sort of operating the way in which we've seen, um, the way in which the NSNO um, uh, Twitter accounts is, is sort of trying to get as many Evertonians together as possible. I I agree with what Paddy said at the time yesterday um, when when he said that this is probably the most um, the, the, the biggest amount of people we've seen all headed in the right direction from, you know, the likes of ourselves in, in, in a podcast, all sorts of other accounts. I think I read today that there's over 60 different um, fan base accounts that have gone in, the, that have all sort of part, partied together and, and put themselves together and moving in the direction of we want this these changes made at the football club. Um, and that's why Mashiri um, has said here in this ridiculous letter doesn't wash. I mean, it wouldn't have washed for, for several years anyway. There'd be many groups, and look, I, I really hope what we don't see is, is a lot of groups sort of saying, "Oh, I said this first and whatnot." I I want it to be as united as what we've seen so far. And I think from what he's read here, uh, utter guff in in what he said, uh, complete ignorance. Um, uh, I'd like to th- I'd like to think that he is not a thick enough businessman to have put in what he has in this letter and think and thought that oh well this will this will deter a lot of people from criticizing what I do and wanting changes at the boardroom level. Um because that 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 is why it's so embarrassing. He, he's I mean asking you Matt because there's obviously the other two of us talking in this pod that we've put together quite quickly. Um you know do you feel insulted by what you said there? Because I read that and each paragraph we've seen or read in a different format previously. Like you said there, this is what is the third third letter he's done in the last 18 months or whatever it is. Not even, not even that. I think it's within a year, isn't it? Now, and how different is it? And, and what he's done at the end, this is the bit that gets me the most and, and makes me as angry as I am, where he's referred to the fan advisory board um, and as if that, that is like a safety line that he like a safety rope he's able to hang on to to refer that oh I will listen to certain fans I will listen to what fans want and he's he's able to hide behind that and I think him producing that letter um it, it makes people a hell of a lot more angry than it could make them any better you know I, I don't know what he thinks you can you can read from that or whoever he's got to write it comms team, PR team, whoever it is that's written it for him. I don't I, I don't know how mentally he can read that and think that yeah, that'll do, that'll put everybody's you know fear to to calm down. And and, and it's made me so angry 
it'll make a lot of other fans even more angry because I think what we've been like in the Blue Room is, is I would say, most of us level-headed. Um, and even those people who are, even those people who've supported him and Bill Kenwright and the rest of the board can't possibly read that and think that this is acceptable from the guy who owns the club. Um, and that's, you know, it's done in addition to that for me, Matt. It makes me fear for the future of our club even more. And I'm not just talking about relegation. I'm talking about the actual going concern of of Everton Football Club. If that is what truly the owner thinks is, is, is the thing that should pass to us as mm. fans, it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I think... I know communication is really important for a lot of people, but I remember doing a podcast in the summer. I think it was you, Paddy, and Mike were on it, and it was after Mashiri's second open letter, and that was after more calls for, for communication. And I remember me and Mike sort of saying on that podcast that, you know, communication through the football club is obviously the, the right way to do things, but it doesn't really tell us anything, does it? You get, you get a more authentic version of Farhad Mashiri when he does a note and sends it to Jim White on, on Talk Sport. Yeah. Because when it comes through the football club, it might be written by him. I don't know. It might be written for him and he might sign it off. But then once that's done, it'll go to somebody else to be checked over and they'll make their tweaks and somebody else will, will make their tweaks as well. So, so what you get is a very watered down, very adenin sort of statement. And that's what came out in the summer twice. And, and that's what, what what's come out now. And... I was thinking, David, you know, because I, I, I wasn't really, me personally, and, you know, this isn't the same for everybody, I wasn't really crying out for an open letter from Farhad Mashiri. But I, I was thinking before, if if I could pick or and I could say what I want to hear from him in an open letter, like if I, if I could write, this is a weird way of phrasing it, but if I could write, write my dream Farhad Mashiri open letter, what, what would it say in it? And I think I'd want to see some sincerity for, for the mistakes made, which I think he, he has done in the past to a degree. But I'd want to see him saying, I'm going to take a really hard look at this. And he, he said there in, in regards to, you know, they, they assess things and, and, and they do things, but it, it doesn't really come across with the, the conviction needed. It, that letter to me doesn't reek of a man who owns an investment that is teetering on a cliff edge. You know, it, it doesn't come across as somebody who, he, he doesn't sound as scared as he should be. And that might be because he genuinely doesn't think the club's in that bad a position. It might be total ambivalence because he's nowhere near the football club anymore. He, has, he hasn't even been seen since the, the Watford game last year for, for whatever reason. It might be because whatever he's written has been filtered down and edited and, and put a, a different spin on it. But either way, it doesn't, it doesn't fill me with any kind of sense that this is a fellow who recognises the, the problems and, and the plights that the, the football club are in at the moment. And I don't think, based on what I've seen on, on social media, and of course that is, as we know, not always an accurate representation, but that doesn't feel like something that's going to placate fans who are thinking about yeah. behind after the game at the weekend. If anything, it feels like it's it's lit the fuse even more. And there'll be people there who may be on the fence and thinking, actually, I just want to get back to the boozer and see my mates after the game. Who may now <laughs> think? Who may now think I'm going to stick behind because what what on earth is going on here? So I, I don't really think that open letters. You know, you, you can't keep throwing open letters at problems, can you? No. And 
and they eventually solve it. I think for me, there's got to be something tangible in terms of accountability and a recognition of things not being done properly at board level. And I think as well for me, it it, it just goes back to the to the point that until Farhad Machiri drastically changes or sells up, things aren't going to change at everything for me. No, no, they're they're only they're only going to get worse. I mean. The fact that he's he's released these letters is is going to be in, in anyone's case as long as he's not even more crazy than what we think he is, is to try and appease the people you're giving it to. It tries to give them a message of positivity or that it means that things are changing and going in the right direction. He's mentioned a couple of those things in what he's said in this ridiculous letter that he's released today. But for us as fans, um, it insults you even more because it's. It's all old hat for us, isn't it? We've seen these things so many times in the past. We've seen the, the people against Bill Kenwright for, for decades now and the board, the CEOs that we've had, the, the things that I've done work-wise personally. I've, I've, I've witnessed these things that fans have been against. And this is why I think that the only thing that makes this one a bit different, Matt, is the fact that he's now being told or being advised to, that he has to come out and say some, something to a majority, and we can comfortably say that now, can't we? A high majority of our fan base that simply will not have any more of this. Um, the thing that is incredibly more annoying is that he's... I, I, I don't know. Can you believe that this man is not intelligent? He's a billionaire. And this is what I'm, I'm trying to think to, to to put one way or the other in my mind when I'm thinking about this. Is is this somebody who just hasn't got a clue what he's doing as a billionaire? I, I don't believe in this world that there's billionaires who are thick. But this guy comes across like that to me because he's not addressed what people, fan base, everybody associated with the football club has openly and quite loudly expressed their concerns at the club and what they're willing to do in terms of protest, in terms of sit-ins, in terms of whatever way in which people want to express their anger. They've persisted with that for a very long time. Six, heading towards seven years, this man has been at Everton Football Club and persisted with the mistakes he's made. I'd love to know a little bit deeper, and it'd be impossible for us to find out, I think, about who has actually advised him the Usmanov stuff, whatever, has that got anything to do with it? Um, today just shows us once again, and this is why it's more angry again, Matt, that letter that's being written has obviously been done by PR, communications, whoever it is. Somebody's written that and thought it's appropriate to send that to, to Everton fans. I, I, and that, what, what scares me even more, so what you said there about how this just can't make you feel positive in any way as an Everton fan. And then, you know, even even go to be as deluded as what he said there about the manager, about the club moving forward, you know, positivity. That's the, that that again is that way. Is that it's the guff you see from a company, from a product that wants to sell what it's trying to do. That's just, that that's that's the goal of what it's been released for is to try and sell something. Yet. People read into that. You remember, I remember this. I don't know if you did this as a kid. If you stayed up late enough, you'd always have QVC on the telly and they're <laughs> trying to sell something to you that you literally yeah. would not yeah. buy. And at the end of it, it goes really, really cheap, like like 10% of what the price it was initially trying to be sold for. That 
that this is not working for Paul, firstly, and, and like we're not businessmen, Matt, but we can see that openly as just you know normal people. Um, but he's maintained that. And I suppose in a cruel way, you, you've got to hand it to him that he's persistent with the absolute nonsense and shit that he's come out with towards us. Um, I, I was thinking you mentioned it before about the, the, the Jim White thing that he did when it sounded like he was underwater in a phone box. I'd, I'd refer to it as that when he was saying hello, Jim, and he's saying all of this shit that he come out with. And then openly he come out and said that they were part of ways with having a chat with Jim White on talk sports. So you're thinking, all right, this fella's starting to make a little bit of sense now. What's he gone and done? He's got a new director of football, uh, Thelwell, who we've got in there now. And you look at that, and if you were to tell people outside of Everton fans, they think, you know what, that looks like a good move that an owner of a football club would do. it and make those relevant changes to make the football club a more positive uh, environment to be in, a more positive place to work. And then you're able to get better better people involved recruitment-wise and whatnot, which has been a big issue. But even he's dipped his, his toe in that, hasn't he? In regard to recruitment players we've signed, managers we've had, he's been involved with all of that. And yet the man still does not understand that he is... I don't know. I think there's still, there'll still be a debate with, amongst the fan base in terms of, look, is it you stick with what you were saying about Bill Kenwright? He's he's by far the thing we need to get rid of. I personally believe that Bill. It, it's regardless of whether Bill Kenwright's there or not. To me, it's Mashiri, because he still listens to Bill Kenwright. You yeah. wouldn't get an owner that does that if they made sense. If they looked at this guy who's saying, "Look, we want. I want to stay sentimental. I want to put Denise Barrett Baxendale in there, who's now a, she's a CEO, whose credential is that yes, she's she's got a business degree, but also all she's ever done is. Uh, rule a the charity at the club how that how that changes itself and, and it becomes as relevant as what she, she does for a living to become the CEO of a Premier League football club is beyond me yet you've got individuals that make those changes can make those decisions at the club who are happy for it to stick that's why the whole thing stinks from Shirley downwards and as, as far as I'm concerned I think he's the only person and I've said this for a while since he went in there, because people thought when he went in, oh, he'll get rid of Bill. And we saw a load of the, the shares that he got go to Machiri. He's the majority share holder. Bill doesn't have that that say. But could you tell anybody that it looks like Bill Kenwright hasn't got the say he used to have? But it hasn't changed for me because he's still there. Quite mm. clearly, when he's telling Machiri, we need to keep local people involved in this with the People's Club and all that shite from years ago. He's still doing that quite clearly because Farad Mashiri wouldn't know Denise Barrett Baxendale from anywhere from where he's came in. Why on earth would you put her forward as a CEO? Because he's been told these things. Then, there's, there's, oh, go on, go sorry. On, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, well, there's, there's people on that board who are either culpable in this or irrelevant, as far as I'm concerned. You know, if they are involved in this and where we are now, then they've been involved in a, a failing institution. And if they've not yeah. been involved in it, why are they there? Either way, so I, th I think there's got to yeah. be accountability on both. But just, just very quickly because we, we are a bit pushed for time tonight. Yeah. Just one other thing I want to say about Mashiri's statement is that I think what I, what what underscores it as well is that you sort of look at it and think, is this really even worth the, the paper it's written on? You know, can can this man's word be fully and implicitly trusted mm -hmm. when? Go back to, to last year and he said Benitez was not going to get sacked and he was going to get sacked. Ronald Koeman was not going to get sacked. 
then he gets sacked. You know, in that letter, he comes out and backs Frank Lampard and says he's going to stay in the football club. Would you honestly be surprised if we lost on Saturday and the ire and the anger was turned towards the, the people in the director's box and the owner after the game if the manager didn't become... No, and maybe not sacrificial lamb because he, he has been poor Lampard. But if he was to go back on on his word again, there, you, you of course you wouldn't, would you? So, well, no, Matt, because that that is because that's the level of idiocy that owns the football club, where he's probably sitting there, and this has happened in the past, where fans have kicked off saying, "Yeah, we've got to get rid of the manager. We've done it with Cumin. We've done it with Allardyce. All of that." There's been a point where he has actually listened to fans and then thought, "You know what?" That's how I'll solve this. And he seems to think that just doing that simple thing, getting rid of a manager and hiding somebody else, maybe that's somebody who owns a football club who hates him. He's going to think, oh, I can do that. That'll appease them for a while because I've done what they want me to do. But I'm not going to go as far as doing what they want me to do in regards to sacking people on the board. And and that's what it looks like with the, with the management that we've gone through over the years, with the players we've gone through over the years. It's been like, oh, do you know what? I know what will make these five for a while and it'll just, it'll all go away for a bit and then I can just concentrate. And the other side of it as well, Matt, the other side of it that's really got to the top of my mind with this fella is does he actually give a shit? Is he that bothered? Um, because if you're losing the amounts of money that he is, that the football club is, and we get to the situation of where we are, you would be doing everything you possibly can to, to put it into a into a, a positive form to put it somewhere that looks up rather than looks down and looks like it's going to be even worse and we're in a relegation fight and probably go to the championship as things stand. You would do everything you could, yet you've only listened to the fans to the point where, oh, I'll change a manager. Oh, I'll get a different player. We're going to spend 50-odd million on someone else who, who ends up shite or injured or whatever. The recruitment's absolutely stunk. Oh, you're talking about that you want a director of football? Okay, here's Brands. But... I'm not going to let him do what he wants. I'm still going to. I'm still going to run this football club. This fellow who's director of football and actually does it for a living. I'm not going to listen to him. I'm going to crack on with what I want to do because I think hiding him, I, it's really treating the fans with utter disdain and and like the the, the pure shite because fans aren't thick. Not the most aren't thick. Most fans aren't thick in football. And yet they we manage we love the football club and that's what he hasn't got used to either is the fact that he can't just do a single little thing and everyone will fuck off. That's not what football fans do. That's certainly not what our fans do because we had so many years before him, ironically, with an owner that cocked the club up. Yeah. That's why that's why he has taken well, hasn't taken. He's gone seven years without learning a single thing, or certainly without acting upon a single thing that all of us, as normal people who go and work every day in the world, like normal people who, who have their jobs, but they go to the football of a weekend. That's the thing people do. Most people do, or football fans do that. But each of us, by one and all, could make a decision on that football club that is much more positive and relevant than Farhad Mashiri continues to do and has done for the last seven years. It is an absolute mindfuck. Yeah, uh, just very quickly, we'll rattle through some comments we've had in. I uh, asked people what they thought of it. Uh, Dave Masson said, weak, not addressing the problems, nothing about how we'll actually improve. No promises, useless. Changes, nothing to be expected. Uh, Mike Jones said, same old, a few paragraphs of nothing. Uh, Ridge29 said, same old rhetoric, zero confidence in any of them. Um, Kev EFC 1985 PR Guff Mashiri didn't write this and uh, Mike Leslie said a disgrace of a letter 
And Lewis finally said, uh, just a cut and paste job from the PR team. If Machiri yeah. thinks that this is the response mm. that was required, mm. then he's even more deluded than I originally thought. Might as well have stayed quiet. I let a full and often league position must improve. Quote, really, thanks, Machiri. Um, so, yeah, people aren't happy. Nah. Well, I was going to say, one, one final point on what a few of those guys have, have made there. Some excellent points, by the way. If it, it just shows the the, the gap between Machiri and the board because the board traditionally, and which just proves to be the same this time, don't come out and say anything. There's complete silence, and that's what makes people angry in general. Oh, how can the club see at the majority of fans want them gone, but they don't come out and say a word? Naturally, that seems to have been the evident way in years gone by. The the board, Bill Kenwright, won't come out and say a word and hope that things just calm down and a little bit after it, then one or two will come out and comment about something positive about the club, i.e., you know, everything in the community or something like that. that. That's the way they used to work. It shows you the difference between Machiri and how far away he is from what the board is. So that makes you feel even worse about it, doesn't it, Matt? The fact that you've got the owner and a board. You've got a board that's sitting there thinking, yeah, you know, don't let anybody say anything to us. We're not going to come out and say anything. Be absolutely silent and it'll all go away if you win a few games on the front Lampard. Mm. When you've got the owner who has been informed or has learned and listened to what fans have said, who thinks coming out and saying what he has today is going to calm us all down. It it just doesn't make sense to me. that, And, and it just confirms how ridiculous the way in which our football club is ran. And it does make it makes you sit there and wonder, Matt, how are we still a Premier League side given the fools that we've had who've been in charge of our club? It's crazy. I don't know how it's happened, but it maybe this is the season now where where it all comes back to haunt us. And um, you know, aside from us, it'd be heartbroken if we ever got relegated and you've got a brand new stadium there, which would be the most ironic thing that ever happened at Everton, wouldn't it? To get a new stadium and you've just been relegated. But I look at it and think, well, which other way does this go? And you've just continuously got idiocy in charge. That's the whole, what the whole club stands for. You can't keep dodging things like that every single season and hope you get away from it. And I really do fear for us this season, Matt. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget what Mike said on one of the podcasts, that this is terminal decline. And it feels it feels very much like that. Yeah. If you're in terminal decline, there's not very really much you can do to arrest it. But I, I'm just excited to see if we get an open letter to respond to the negative reaction to this open letter. Will, will we have another mm. open letter before the game on Saturday? <laughs> like I'm watching Harry Potter, isn't it? Just yeah. big Alf and the letters to yeah, every, every morning, just you open your emails and you've got about 10 <laughs> letters off our half machine yeah. reacting to the, ne- the negative reaction from the previous three open letters. But Do you know, it, it'd be really funny if they were actual letters. I know that like, they're, they're obviously done digitally <laughs> these days, but if it was actually, you know, the postman actually delivered it to you. <laughs> What's the, difference between an, get email? What's, the difference, what's the difference between an open letter and a letter? I know, I know. Is it is the is it just that the open letter's public? Does that make it open? Well, the open letter means it's generally everyone, doesn't it? Rather than like you know, me, me, you, or a couple of other podcasts get a letter and we then have to receive it because it's ours. Um, it, 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 it's an embarrassment, mate. Everyone, everyone gets it in an envelope that's already been opened and makes yeah. it an open letter. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, that is- just before we go, Matt, just a plug. Um, we've got the weekly tomorrow, and our man who hasn't been on for a while, but I know he was on the BBC the other day. Mark Mosey makes his uh, his return, and ev- I know everyone that listens to us knows uh, how incredibly um, 
fluent he is at describing his issues with Everton Football Club. So uh, that, that may be more changed. of what we've just discussed today. There'll be more of that tomorrow as well with Mosey return. That may have changed now. He's a new dad and has had no sleep. So. <laughs> Might be even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, although he does have fans out there, bizarrely. Um, yeah, there's a cult of Mosey somewhere. But yeah, he's back. And also, if you want some more stuff on the Blue Room Extra, that podcast with David Warren and Paddy is up. I'm um, also speaking to Ben Stanfield as ever from Total Saints to yeah. speak about them, who are arguably even worse than us and are playing Manchester City tonight. So um, I'm sure that'd be dead interesting too. But that's been <laughs> a very, very quick podcast. On Farhad Mashiri's open letter. Uh, let us know your thoughts on it uh, at the Blue Room EFC on Twitter. Um, it's not gone down well, it will be fair to say. Sports Social Podcast Network.